Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Tanya Zabinski, a woman passionate about our home, our planet, passionate about people, passionate about sharing stories to inform and inspire. The creation of this wonderful new book, Peace, Love, Action, Everyday Acts of Goodness from A to Z, is in itself a delightful story. And Tanya joins us this morning to give us a peek at some of the pages that contain her art and her writing. And truly keep this in mind when you're thinking of a special gift for some special people in your life. Tanya Zabinski, good morning. It is so wonderful to connect with you this morning. Good morning, Kate. I'm so happy to be here with you. You do such amazing, amazing work. And this new book, Peace, Love, Action, Everyday Acts of Goodness from A to Z, is so phenomenal. It's The stories are so inspiring, and they're so, uh, you know, right on point, and, and the artwork is so incredible. You know, really, right at the outset, we should say, besides being a great read, this is truly a great gift, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I, I'm happy you look at it that way. I, I feel like for a person any age, it's geared towards young people, but it resonates with people of all ages, it seems. And um, yeah, it is a nice little gift book. <laughs> you know, it's one of those kind of keeps on giving types of gifts, which I think are the kinds we really would love to share with with those who matter in our life, and even those who are probably, possibly tangential. But still, it's it's really a great, wonderful gift. So keep that in the back of our minds, right, as we converse about some of these stories and the contents of this. So as you mentioned, Tanya, then it, it's kind of geared for more adolescents and school-age young people, but I think really anyone of any age is going to glean a lot of great opportunities and great stories from this. Absolutely, yeah. And so how did you come about to determine the people to include from A to Z and write this book? Okay, well, reading biographies is a kind of hobby of mine. I love to read stories about people who I admire. And I guess when I analyze, like, what do I admire in people, I admire when they, even if they're going through a hard time, they can spin it into gold, or when they follow their interest, when they, if they don't know how to do something, they stretch themselves and grow and learn. And those are the kind of people I've included. Um, and, well, I call them all peaceful activists. Uh, some of them are more what you might typically think of as a peaceful activist, like there's Martin Luther King, um, Ella Baker, people like that, uh, Rachel Carson, an environmental activist. Um, but there's also people in there who you might not typically think of as peaceful activists, like, well, Alice Waters is in there. Um, she um, stands for G, G is for Go Local, and she started a program in schools called the Edible Schoolyard, connecting kids with growing their own food, and organic and fresh and seasonal, and that's what she's about, um, 
uh, trying to connect people with their local, what grows locally, and uh, it n- not only tastes the best, but it's the best for you. Um, and then there's also some lesser-known people, or people who are <laughs> becoming more well-known. Leah Pennyman, she's a farmer in New York State, um, and she works for food justice and racial justice. And um, yeah, every letter stands for is represented by a different person. And so there's 25 different people in there. And then X is uh, for you to put yourself in, <laughs> uh, in there. Um, well, I'm sort of rambling on and on, but that was just a little description. Uh, yes, of of who matters and what what matters and and actually as we think about that we'd probably come up with our own names but you probably were somewhat challenged to make sure that you kind of kept it at the 25 oh yeah i mean it's innumerable um <laughs> the peaceful activists who are out there and even um you know if we all look at our own lives and the people around us. I'm sure we can all find people who, you know, we could call peaceful activists. And here's part of it then, as you say that piece of it, at the end of of each very succinct little chapter, there is the what you can do section. So actually that you have ideas, which are are really a a great outline and a, a great jumping off point, but we could think of that you know we read about someone and then we think of someone in our own community who's like that 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 we might get to know better and and really get involved with or you know help uh, support them right or even uh to see ourselves as a kind of peaceful activist Mm. and uh to see if we can apply any of the things that the peaceful activists in the book used if we can apply any of those tools to our own life um to lift it in some way. And so gearing it to to young people, to youth, uh, were you th- thinking of this as really giving them that opportunity, along with any of us at any age, but really focusing on school age because this is an opportunity to, to really make things happen because uh, this is when we have a time, that opportunity, that time to really be active and needing to do projects? Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> to be honest, when I wrote the book, I didn't intend it for young people. I mean, I, I was just thinking of myself, like who I'm interested in and, um, you know, all those things I admire. Maybe I admire them because I'd like to put the, you know that in my life. And then when I f- found a publisher, they wanted to gear it towards young people so, you know, that's why really it has resonance with any age, but you're right, like to gear it towards young people, it's a time in their life when they're, um, well, ideally we're all open to learning, but young people in particular are more sponge-like and, uh, you know, the earlier you can learn things and ways of looking at things, then you have more time to apply it in your life. Exactly. And the thing that um, is so wonderful 
about right now in this book is we really are seeing how the young people are are really about activism. They're really wanting to make things happen and uh, feel that perhaps along the way, we, their uh, elders, their parents, their grandparents have dropped that ball and, and they are just ready to pick it up and go charging forward. And this book is filled with great ideas for them to, again, use as a springboard. Yeah, and like you said, the springboard is the perfect word because it's just a beginning um, for a lot more possibilities. Along with the stories, which, again, are inspiring, some of the names obviously uh, are highly visible and we would know them. Others are are not so well known. Uh, So this is another great opening for us, and I think... One of them, the letter M, make friends, that was something that stood out to me so greatly, was not a story I knew, but yet I think that this uh, story is such an important one. Maybe you'd like to kind of fill in those blanks for us, Tanya, about the letter M. Sure. Okay. So M is for make friends. The person who represents that, his name is Azim Kamisa. Um, He... His 21-year-old son was murdered while delivering pizza by a 14-year-old gang member. And while making friends wasn't the first thing on his mind, you know, he went through a lot of grief and anger and turmoil. And uh, he said that after a certain amount of grieving, he knew that he had a choice. Uh, You know, he could take the path towards love and forgiveness, or he could take the road that held, like, continued grief and anger and revenge. And he chose the path of love. Uh, He knew that that was the path that would honor his son. So what he did is he created a foundation named after his son, and he dedicated his life to teaching young people principles of nonviolence and forgiveness. He taught classes like, let's see, with themes such as empathy, communication, emotion management, preventing bullying. Uh, So he goes into schools. He has 10 employees now, and they reach about 12,000 students per year. Um, He actually also partnered with the... Okay, his son's murderer's legal guardian, uh, which was the boy's grandfather, and they worked together in this project. Um, After five years, Azim Kamiso was able to go to the prison where his son's murderer was, and he was able to forgive him. And the boy, his name is Tony, while he was in prison, he just felt like he wanted to rot there. But after he had been forgiven... It gave him a new lease on life, and he is working to get um, his degree. He wants to be a child psychologist. He wants to also help, um, well, show kids an alternative path to the path that he took. And so um, Azim Kamisa is actually working for his early release from prison, and... 
that's the story of Azim Kamisa. And it is such a phenomenal story for all the reasons that you just shared about what he has done, the foundation he's created, that reaching multi-thousands of students each year, obviously making a difference in those lives. And perhaps one of the more critical ones is that young man, Tony, being able to have him see how he would turn his life around, which is, I think, what what we desire for anyone. We all make mistakes. This was a horrendous mistake, but yet to show that it's possible to forgive and for him to make something of his life. I, it, it's just amazing, beyond amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get tingles in my body even just when I think of that. Yeah. So it's those kinds of stories that that we become aware of. And then other little pieces, just anecdotes that you add in, like with Jane Goodall. You know, we know her as, as being so so highly visible and instrumental in the world of nature and what she did with the research uh, with uh, chimpanzees or with apes, both maybe? Uh, uh, Chimpanzees is what I know, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's apes as well. I'm not sure. But what she did in the wild and and how she did that, and she, you know, people said, oh, well, you know, you don't have a degree, you can't possibly know this. But it started as a young girl, and you know, learning that sort of thing about people just is so inspiring. Yeah, uh, well, just to share the little story from Jane Goodall, um, when she was five years old, her family visited a farm in the countryside, and she was curious to see how an egg was laid. So she went into a chicken coop, uh, listened and watched and waited for many hours. And uh, she hadn't told her mother where she went. So her mother was worried where <laughs> where Jane was. And she called the police and they sent out a search party. Well, Jane was in the chicken coop for four hours uh, when she finally saw a chicken stand up and an egg gradually protrude from between its legs and uh, it plopped down on a straw on the ground and she was so, Jane was so excited she ran out of the chicken coop to tell her mom and um, well her mother obviously could have been very upset but instead of scolding her she recognized the sparkle of joy in her daughter's eye, and she always nurtured that. Her mother was a big nurturer and supporter through her whole life. And um, so even as a young child, Jane had a lot of patience, and she showed you know, such curiosity and enthusiasm towards observing nature. And um, so it is fun to see that even as young children we show our interests and proclivities and if those can be nurtured either by ourselves or parents or friends um you know it it can blossom and grow into something really beautiful and helpful um so that's one reason i like her story so much (laughs) and because really uh there was the other anecdote that what she discovered really was one of the greatest scientific finds of of the century, or wasn't it? Oh yeah, when she uh, was in Tanzania and studying, observing the chimpanzees, 
she found that they used tools and she saw that they experienced emotion and um, before that western scientists only thought that humans uh, experienced emotions and used tools so it really upended um, what western scientists thought at the time so we read these stories which are so succinct just a f- just a few pages that really get the essence and then we discover something we think oh, i want to really learn more but so again it's that springboard for perhaps uh, delving more into someone's history and and learning more and who knows where that may lead us down the path yeah either into studying the other person's life or to applying it to our own life and think oh when i you know, when I was a kid, I really did like, you know, music or science, but I kind of, um, you know, went in a different direction or I, you know, didn't let myself develop that. And so, um, you know, maybe I can go back to that or, you know, um, or, you know, if you're young, you, you could realize that those proclivities, interests, like, yeah, let yourself follow that and that's really something special I mean honestly for me in my own life I I always liked art but as I got older I felt like it wasn't practical um, especially you know with people starving in the world not having an education or home I, I felt like I wanted to do something more practical and I thought I'm you know like maybe I'd be a social worker or a teacher or um, even a politician, and even though I wanted to be an artist, I was telling myself <laughs> that it wasn't practical. And um, the thing is, well, what turned me around is I I saw a documentary about the famous violinist Isaac Stern. He had gone to China when they op- first opened their doors to the West, and they were interested in classical music, but they didn't have a lot of exposure to it. So he gave concerts and master classes, and um, he was so filled with passion about his music, and he was able to share that passion. So it was so apparent, and I felt like um, he did more than any political ambassador could have done, or he did more than he could have done as a social worker. You know, by doing what he loved and following that, that's how he can do his best job to help, you know, be of service to the world is sharing his gift. And so then I felt, oh, well, maybe I can do my art and, you know, hopefully it can be of service in some way. Um, So that's the path I followed and that's what put me here now. (laughs) And so to... Two things come out of that, one of them being the art. You, of course, have used it bountifully and wonderfully in this book as well. So that had to be um, very what feel, a feeling of completeness for you to be able to write the stories, yet to be able to illustrate the, the character because the art depicting them, their uh, portrait is, is just really incredible. So that had to be satisfying. Oh, I felt like I was living my purpose making this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
well, what what more could anyone say if I'm living my purpose? That that's really beautiful, Tanya. And then you have the they're what like little icons, I guess, that again illustrate part of the story that uh, give us a way to I think pick out some nugget, and it it just kind of really uh, underscores what we've just read about. Thank you. Thanks for noticing that little detail. Um, yeah. So each each letter has a you know an action, like we were saying, make friends. It has a person, it has a person's portrait, it has an illustration, and then it has a tiny little, well, I call them um, remarks, just something, an image like uh, for make friends, there's a teapot. Um, Just something that, yeah, captures some little something from the person or the action. Yeah, thanks for noticing that. Well, it's realizing that you are an artist and seeing how all of this was just weaving together uh, was beautiful. And and it may... It's so natural that we might not say, oh, look at that. But then again, yes, look at it because it is wonderful. And it... Uh, so in that way, it's it's such a beautiful book with the stories and the art that uh, really anyone, ourselves included, would so f- appreciate as a gift. I think it's just really something we need to, to consider as being uh, something very special and unique in a way that, that someone who maybe has... Is very difficult to buy for. Is we feel has everything. This is the thing they don't have and could really gain so much from. Thank you. Well, I did pour my love into it, and actually, even the portraits when I first submitted to the book to the publisher, the portraits uh, were just photos of each person. And my publisher, Parallax Press, they wanted me to illustrate the portraits. Uh, capturing a likeness has never been my forte, and so I told them that, and you know, I said I really couldn't do that, but they were really insistent. So I tried. Um, the first person I tried with was, uh, well, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese monk, and also Wangari Maathai, and Wangari Maathai. Uh, after I read her biography, her autobiography, I felt like she was a sister. Like I felt like I really knew her and loved her, and she has this deep sincerity and just genuine personality uh, and intelligence and creativity and spark. And so when I was doing her portrait, I just, um, yeah, I just felt a love for her and appreciation for her, and I was putting all that feeling into her picture. And um, she has such a genuine smile, too. And I, yeah, I just put all the love into that. And then, you know, I showed it to people and gave it a few little tweaks, and it came out being recognizable as her. So after I did hers and Thich Nhat Hanh, then I realized, okay, I can do this. And then, um, yeah, so this book actually stretched me um, to go in a direction I had never gone before. (laughs) That's another very beautiful piece of it. I love stories, and like this is a story where you discover parts of yourself 
in the writing of a book, you you think this is the direction it's going, but then it evolves. And I, knowing that that's kind of to be open to that in our life, that things evolve, that it's not like, okay, I know where I'm going. Other things come along, and, and it's greater than we ever thought it could be. Yeah. And it was fun having a team to work with, too. This is my first book I ever had published. So, you know, I, I had an editor, I had an art director, I had a book designer. Like, it, I was able to work with all these people, and um, it came out to be something better than I could have done by myself. Much better, yeah. There's a message there, too, then, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the book... We're talking about how wonderful it is, and and it truly is. It's available at all of our favorite book sources, correct? It is. You can get it at bookstores. You can buy directly from the publisher, Parallax Press. And actually, for every book they directly sell, they give another book to an incarcerated person. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So that's a, a thought to, you know, take a look at Parallax Press. Your website, too, we can purchase through your website. Peaceloveaction.com, yes. <laughs> and other really important information can be found there. And you have another website uh, which gives us uh, just insights into some of the other work that you do, and that's your name, correct? Uh, yes, com. So a couple of websites, take a look at the bookstores. And I really like the the fact of matching that, it's especially during this season of, of gift-giving, thinking of being able to have a book matched and given to someone who's incarcerated. And these stories being so inspirational, having that potential of, you know, just igniting the right kind of spark. We don't know which one it is. Uh, it could be numerous ones at different points in a person's journey. Yeah, so actually, um, even by the choices we make of where we buy things, you know, um, that can give us ways to practice peaceful activism. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So ponder that one, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's it's obvious that this was really, uh, as you mentioned, it was you were fulfilling your passion, but it was truly uh, peaceful activism at its finest because you're you're planting all these seeds and you have no idea where and how they may sprout. But um, I think on your website, people can probably be in touch and share stories. Sure, yeah. Kind of give you feedback on on what uh, has happened in their life as a result of reading the stories. I'd love that. Yeah, and actually um, there are a few schools who have incorporated the book uh, into their curriculum. Um, one school, <laughs> there's the Experiential School of Greensboro. They're in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina, Um they read, uh, the chapters are just two pages long, so they read a chapter once a week and then find something from the What You Can Do section or, you know, come up with their own and go and do that. So actually they told me after they read Go Local, they uh, went, took the whole class to a farmer's market 
uh, in downtown Greensboro just to connect the students with the farmers and their, you know, have a closer connection to their food. And um, so, yeah, there's also some ideas online that other schools are doing. There's a lot of ways to put thoughts into action and, you know, make it more than just words on a page. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because aside from students using it individually, thinking of teachers incorporating it into classroom work, it can cross so many boundaries of different kinds of classroom work. And in this way, just makes that classroom learning so much more relevant and and exciting. Yeah, I always love when things can be applied to life. (laughs) It's a good feeling. Yes. Well, you know what? As far as good feelings, this is what your book shares with us. This is what this conversation with you this morning, Tanya, has felt like. It's just been a real great feeling. But what we need to do is put it in action, not just stick with the feeling, but it needs to be our springboard into doing all that peaceful activism in the world because it really needs us now, doesn't it? It does. And we're here. <laughs> and we're here and we're ready. Well, I thank you for your inspiration and, and giving us such a great way to move forward with that kind of passionate idea. Thank you for taking time with us this morning. Thank you for your work, Tanya. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here, Kate. I really appreciate it. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Tanya Zabinski and Sunday Morning Magazine with Chuck Petrikas. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Simply click on the podcast tab and there look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of finding gentle ways to be together with friends and family. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. A great December morning to you.